All right, now it is time for our guest segment, guys. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. We got Vaughn Lewis coming on the show today to talk about the best picture, Green Book. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Yeah, Academy Award winner. I mean, this this guy, yeah. And he's had quite the career, man. He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was in that one about Hank Williams. Um, forget what now it's called. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw the light. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, that's Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. and Ashley Olsen. Exactly. That's, like, that's huge. Uh, yeah, and I love that movie. Hell yeah. Green Book and I saw the light. So this yeah. is going to be really fun to talk yep. to him. Here he is. Vaughn Lewis, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show today. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. You're in L.A. right now, right? I'm actually in North Carolina right now. Oh, nice, nice. Is that where you're originally from? That's where I'm originally from and where I do a lot of traveling in and out from. And I'm actually planning on being in Los Angeles soon, though. Now, what we like to do is introduce you to the listeners and tell them how you got started in the industry. So tell us how you got started, what make, made you want to break into the industry and become this overall success that you are now well thank you that's very kind of you to to call me that um i think that it started when i was doing theater in um in north carolina when i was about 10 or 11 years old Mm -hmm. uh the theater bug bit me so i decided to go off to college for it i went to east carolina university here in north carolina oh nice for musical theater performance and, you know, I was a theater person at heart, musical yes. theater. And I uh, did my training there. After I graduated in about 2010, I worked all over the country, different uh, theme parks or regional theaters, cruise ships, um, resorts, that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And all along that time, I've had a film agent. And the film nice. agent submits me for, for roles all the time. So I'm constantly sending in tapes or doing auditions or callbacks and stuff. And right. Every now and then they stick. And I've had a few in these uh, last nine years since I've been out of school that have really stuck. Oh, wow. that's uh, Yeah, I'd say a couple biggies. You yeah, know? seriously. <laughs> Into yeah. the Light and Green Book, I would say pretty good. <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm very grateful to be a part of both of those films, uh, especially the most recent uh, Best Picture winner, yes. Green Book. And and that's a, it's a special story as well. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we read too that you actually got to meet Bobby Rydell, who you portray in the film. How was that? Oh yeah. Um, around the end of December, I got a phone call from Dave Damiani. He's the band leader for the No Vacancy Orchestra, and he was doing a show up in New Jersey and having Bobby Rydell come on and sing a few songs. Uh, he had heard about the movie, heard about me reached out to me and said, hey, man, I'd love for you to come on the show. You can meet Bobby on stage. Um, I hadn't met him in person. I'd been talking to him over the phone or, you know, via text message. Right. Um, you know, during the filming and such. And I was looking for a chance to actually go meet him. So this was a perfect opportunity. I went up and sang a couple songs with the No Vacancy Orchestra up yeah. in Atlantic City at that's the Ocean awesome. Resort and Casino. And that's where I got to be introduced by Bobby Rydell on stage and as soon as I was done with my songs, man, I just jetted off stage and went to Bobby's dressing room and sat and chilled with him for a little while and talked with him about his life. He's got a, um autobiography that's out right now called Teen Idol on the Rocks, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got him to sign that for me and sign a record that my performance in the Green Book is actually based off of. Oh, wow. oh, wow. That's epic, man. What was that feeling like just to get introduced by the person you portrayed in the film? Uh, it was awesome to get introduced by Bobby because he's, he's such a legend mm-hmm. and he's this classic soul, timeless soul, great guy. And um, when he announced me on stage, 
He said, the guy who portrays me in the movie, he's one hell of a good singer and he's got great hair. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so that was the biggest compliment coming from him was the hair part. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That That's amazing, man. It's always it's always so cool to hear stories like that. Now, was it always something that, did you see yourself getting into the film and television aspect? I know you said that you had had the film agent the whole time, but was it theater always the main goal or did you always kind of want to break into the film and television also? You know, to be honest with you, all I wanted to do was perform, entertain people, make them smile. I mean, that's really the root of it, mm-hmm. to be an entertainer. Uh, you know, I grew up listening to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. You know, those were my first loves when it came to music and performing. And so those worlds kind of collided when I learned more about theater and musical theater. And back in the day, a lot of the musical theater songs mm-hmm. were the pop songs of the day. Mm-hmm. And those guys sang those songs. Yeah. And so... You know, I really wanted to be cool like Dean Martin mm-hmm. and have the rhythm that Sammy Davis Jr. had and have the kind of uh, quirkiness that Bobby Darren had. You know, there were lots of things that influenced me to do what I love to do. Um, at the forefront of everything, I believe it would be singing jazz, performing on stage with sure. a big band. Is oh, that my wow. heart? And mm-hmm. that's why I think this role that I have in the Green Book was so perfect for me because it's what I do best is what I do every day. Oh, Absolutely. I'm a, loving all the Rat act. Pack references. Yeah, by the seriously. Way. I'm a oh. huge fan of the Rat Pack also. So that, yeah, that's good. That's amazing. So I got to ask you then, you mentioned Frank Sinatra. You, me- you mentioned Dean Martin. Uh, do you see yourself maybe transitioning into an acting career like they did as well? Because they, they didn't just do singing roles, in the, but they actually transitioned into established acting careers for a while too. Do you see yourself doing that as well? Oh yeah, I see myself doing that. You know, one is going to lead to the next step with the other industry. I always have this theory. I I say, I've got a lot of pots on the stove and I'm trying to cook some pasta. (laughs) Whichever pot boils first, I'm going to put the noodles in there. There you go. I like that. Maybe I'll follow up the other pot. I'll put the pot, the uh, pasta sauce in there or something like that. Mm -hmm. There you go. You know, so that's kind of my theory. It's one, one, one side of the industry help the other side of the industry out as far as my path goes well exactly because i mean there's no reason to limit yourself especially in this broad range of industry you could become an actor you could become a huge musician like it's just phenomenal that you have your eyes open to so many avenues yeah you know i uh I, I don't want to confuse people and say that, you know, being a jack of all trades is a good thing. I, I would right. say that it would get, it, you know, you open yourself up to possibilities. Yeah. But what I find has found me successful is that I've, I've doubled down on what I do best. Mm-hmm. And that's period performances, like period acting pieces. Like, you know, I saw the light set mm-hmm. in the fifties, yeah. uh, late fifties or, you know, uh, I mean, late forties, early fifties. Yeah. And, you know, you're looking at, the early 60s with Green Book. Yeah. Uh, I played in Legends and Lies, the TV show. Mm-hmm. I was Billy the Kid. Yes. Um, which was a lot of fun. Dream come true to uh, shoot guns and ride <laughs> horses and bust through windows. Yeah. By far the coolest cowboy, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's pretty up there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, just hearing you talk, man, you have such an old soul. So I really feel like you'd be perfect for all kinds of different period pieces. Absolutely. Definitely. Like back absolutely. in the 60s and 50s, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, find that that's what I love to do, those mm-hmm. those periods of, uh, of uh, projects as definitely. well. Well, I, I was really excited about uh, with Tom Hiddleston and, and the movie there because it got a lot of press here, obviously. We're, we're close to that area. We're just outside of uh, the area where Hank Williams grew up. 
And I mean, it, so it got a lot of press down here. I, I, I wish it had been seen by more people than it was. Um, because I just thought it was an absolutely brilliant film. Yeah. Let's honestly. talk about that a little bit. I, I had heard that Tom Hiddleston actually st- performed as Hank Williams around different places before the filming of the film to just kind of get in character. And he was doing these surprise kind of things. What was it like on that set? And, and how was Tom? I mean, how was he as a singer? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, Tom, you know, he did a lot of work beforehand to prepare for this film. And, and like you said, I wish that it had been seen by more people to really take off because he did a fantastic job becoming that part, portraying Hank Williams Sr. Um, you know, and talking with Tom while we were on set, you know, he was telling me about all the songs that he had been performing, as you were saying, around uh, different places. And he mm-hmm. also recorded the songs in Nashville with some of the guys who are in the movie playing the band members and such. And um, while we were on set, he showed me a couple of those songs and he, he handed me his cell phone. and was like, hey, listen to a few. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm holding Tom Hiddleston's right. cell phone <laughs> right now. Like Loki. Um, but he was so cool. He was so... Uh, easy to work with. It was a dream to work with as an actor because he gave you space to create. But also, if he felt like the scene needed to go a certain way, he maybe brought up that suggestion, but was open to whatever your suggestion was. I mean, he was very uh, comforting to work with. Oh, and um, amazing. Yeah. he was super nice, even though, you know, sometimes you work with actors who have to stay, you know, in this mental space and you're afraid right. to talk to them right. on set because you don't, you don't know what their process is. Mm-hmm. But Tom... While we were on set, it was very easygoing. We talked about all kinds of stuff, and um, I asked him about, you know, what he's learned over his acting career, and and he gave me a, a couple of, of pieces of advice and such, and uh, some of it was from advice he got from Anthony Hopkins, which I thought was cool. And yeah, um, it's just a really nice guy, and uh, you know, I know that he really wanted the, mo- the movie to go a little further than than it did, and I. I I hope that for him. I hope that some people still watch it. Maybe it'll become a cult classic. That, yeah. Absolutely. It is in my book. Yeah, I mean, I, mine I've too. seen it several times and I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought his performance, everybody in the film, the writing, everything was, was just fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, the director was even great. Dante Spinotti on set was great. All the other actors, everyone on that set was so nice and kind. Same thing with Green Book. Everybody was just beyond believable. There weren't any big egos in the room. Nobody was uncomfortable or on edge. We know we were doing work and having fun doing it. Right, right. And that's the best that's the best way to do it. You know, a set that and I love hearing that Hiddleston was that way that would give exactly. critique or, or, or suggestions, but then also take it. Exactly. Didn't let success get to his exactly. head, even though he's like a huge person in like the huge Marvel cinematic universe, That's right. but still like, <laughs> I'm still a normal person. I'm still here doing my craft yeah. and I'm here to pass on a little lessons on to you. Yeah, That's it was, it, it was kind of like a, you know, so to speak for the short amount of time, I was only on set for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of was like, you know, we were like brothers on set, hanging out, having fun, talking to each other, you know? Absolutely. Well, I got to imagine you bring a plethora of experience to the set, though. Like you said, I mean, you've done everything from theme parks to cruise ships to to stage to uh, little venues. And, and I got to imagine all of that experience and all these different type venues with all these different type performers and audiences. It has got to be a huge asset when you walk onto a film set Definitely. and try to you know address what you're going to do with a character there. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things was... With the filming of Green Book, I had a lot of people ask me, uh, well, were you nervous on set that day? 
you know, because I don't really get a lot of details mm -hmm. far out when you go to set sometimes. And, you know, you find out a lot of things when you're there and you got to roll with the punches and you got to get ready to go, you know. So uh, when, when people ask me if I was nervous, I was nervous for a little unknown things, but we all are. Mm -hmm. But I was confident in my ability. This is what I do every day. Absolutely. This is what I do all the time. Exactly. So, uh, performing in front of people. The scene there, we, they had transformed an old theater, black box theater, into oh, nice. the Copacabana for the movie. And the, uh, the set designers did a fantastic job. Did. Um, okay, so yeah, the set designers just did a fantastic job. There were so many details on the set. Um, there were hundreds of extras there now, and this was the cool part, even though, you know, smoking in public isn't really a healthy thing or a standard thing anymore. Yeah. They had all these extras smoking these, you know, fake cigarettes and such. And so to be able to sing in the quote unquote Copacabana in mm -hmm. in these stage lights uh, with all these extras dressed in period clothing, costumes and was really transportational was gosh, it felt like I was there. You know, in the same world that Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra oh, had man. been in, you know? Definitely. Absolutely. Such an epic feeling, I bet. Now, did your family have an affinity for the old crooners? Because, like you said, you're you're a young guy, and you have just this, uh, a, clearly a passion and love for the for, for the Rat Pack and the old crooners and the old jazz singers. Right. Where did that come from? Was it your parents? Did they listen to that, introduce you to that, or is that something you found on your own? Or where does your love and affinity for them come from? Well, my parents didn't listen to that music a lot, but my grandparents did, especially around Christmas time. Uh, there'd always be the Bing Crosby album of, oh, yeah, of course. or something like that, or Nat King Cole. And I, I just uh, kind of grew a, a, a like, a, an interest for their smooth voices and their the beautiful poetic songs that mm -hmm. they were able to tell with their voices. Um, it just stuck to me, and it almost felt like I knew it. There's this one story I tell people. Um, one day when I was about 10 or 11 years old, uh, my grandpa invited me to go on a road trip with him. He had some business to do in Tennessee. And I picked up this Perry Como CD. And I was like, oh, let's listen to this. And he pops it in. And I just immediately liked it. And I wanted to put it on repeat. And I was singing along and learning all the songs and everything. And during the early times of listening to the songs, he was like, how do you know these songs? Like, what, you know, why do you like these songs? I said, I don't know. I just feel like they're a part of me. I feel like that era mm -hmm. of song. You know, maybe I was a a uh, 1960s crooner in a past life or something. <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. We need crooners, though. Seriously. You know, with all the diversity and all the different things that are out there in music today, I'm not going to lie, I, I like going back to the standards yeah, and just I mean, hearing the standards. Honestly, the entertainment industry in itself is changing so fast nowadays. Sometimes we just got to stop and appreciate what we've done in the past. Exactly. Because, I mean, like you said, we have so many great musicians in the past that probably don't get enough recognition nowadays because everybody is so uh, swept up in all this streaming. So it's really awesome that you still give credit where credit is due to the Rat Pack. I oh, mean, yeah. Come on. Old Blue Eyes was called chairman exactly. of the board for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was called uh, The Voice as well. He yep. was also called... Blue eyes. He actually, he actually disliked the chairman of the board reference. Or right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there. Yeah, there were some stories, weren't there? <laughs> That's oh, yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, I've I've read a few. Something I like to do in my off time is read these autobiographies of these guys, and you don't find two that are alike. No, and they're I bet all not. so unique. 
and and they just sang these classic tunes. I mean, you think about today's singers, there are a lot of great singers. That's mm-hmm. the thing. There's so many people. Uh, James Taylor put it in a great way. He said, Absolutely. back in the day, it used to be hard to get in the door. Now, it's easy to get in the door, but when you get in the door, there's millions of other people there who are just as talented as you are. I love that. That's a great quote. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that. And I think it pertains to the industry in general yeah. today. You know, whether you're a singer or an actor or just whatever you're trying to do, that's a brilliant quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It should entice you to lock down and double down on what you do best, and who mm-hmm. you are, and, and not compromising your values or your artistry because someone says you should. Mm-hmm. So like for an example, my wife and I, we have a duo act, musical duo act called Lewis and Clark. That's her maiden name is Clark, so it's pretty serendipitous. That's oh, awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've been touring around since about 2014 doing our shows together, and, and we cover different music like Patsy Cline, Frank Sinatra, Burt Bacharach, you know, all the great hits. Yes. And uh, so doing this older music, vintage hits, classic hits, uh, we once got hooked up with a, a cruise ship, um, agency and we were like hey we want to get on a cruise ship and they're like well you know you your stuff you sing too much old stuff you know you need about 80 percent new stuff and maybe 20 percent old stuff wow and so my wife and i we talked about oh should we change should we do this should we do that and we're like you know what we're gonna stick to our guns we're gonna stay true to ourselves and not only a week later did we get a phone call asking for a pop vintage duo on Carnival Cruise Lines. And we booked it, and we were in Hawaii and Australia uh, singing in the lounges, doing our act, singing classic hits. Oh, my goodness, man. Everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? Yeah, and I love people who stick to their guns. I mean, you know, you are so right. If you feel it in your gut, then that's how you know. Absolutely. I got to tell you, just listening to the interview and listening to your voice, he's got... um, a very Harry Connick Jr. type mm, rasp yeah. to the voice, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just, oh, yeah. thank you. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Harry Connick fan, and it's nice to, to see somebody young and appreciate that type of music and have that kind of a, a tone to the voice, and it's just, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, seriously, man. But what? Yeah, Harry Connick's a cool guy. He's one of my inspirations as well, you know. Around the time Michael Buble was coming around, was a, was right around the time I was like, you know what, I want to do this for a living. I mm-hmm. want this to be my career. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this guy's doing it, that means I can do it. And I'm so glad. You know, a lot of people would be like, well, are you jealous that Mike Buble is out there doing this thing? And I'm like, no, he's opening the door for me so exactly. I can do my thing. Absolutely. Exactly. But, uh, Why would I be jealous of that? Exactly, exactly. What do you What do you got planned for the future, man? You seem like you got a very good head on your shoulders, and you seem like you know where you're going. What What do you got for the future? Uh, well, you know, I would like to think that I I know what I'm doing. But uh, <laughs> as, as Tom As Tom Jones would say, you know, in his later career, he got on a flight uh, of his career, and he doesn't know where it, where it was going, and he just hopes he lands safely. So that's kind of my my hopes. But uh, as far as planning, you know, Abby and I, with our Lewis and Clark Act, we're doing events all over the country, mm-hmm. and uh, we do some shows here in New Bern, North Carolina. We've got a James Taylor Carol King style show coming up. Nice. We are also. Oh, uh, we'll have to reach May. out for that one. I yeah. think I, I'm a huge James Taylor and Carol King fan, so I think I'm gonna have to come see that. I think. <laughs> yeah, you may have to come see that. We're gonna share stories of their lives and sing some of their songs and. Uh, in May, we're going to be at the Downtown Music Festival in Gadsden, Alabama, mm. with our friend Landau Eugene Murphy Jr., who won America's Got Talent in 2011. Oh, oh nice. Nice. 
Yeah, I mean that that sounds like you got some 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 great stuff lined up. Uh yeah. and look, truthfully, we hope we see you more in film. I, I think I think you you found your a nice little niche in film yeah. and, and I just huge, you know, congrats to you on that and and huge congrats to sticking to your guns on who you want to be and how you want to be as a performer. And I think you're just I, I think you got a bright bright future, man. Seriously. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. We're uh, excited about where life is taking us, and uh, we just hope to keep working, keep paying the bills, because we've got, uh, in July, we're actually expanding our duo act to a trio. We're, we're um, expecting our first child in late July. Oh, uh, congratulations. That, yeah, seriously, dude. man. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Do you know boy or girl yet? It's going to be a boy. Okay. And, uh, I like I like to tell people that, because uh, people always come up and say, oh my gosh, it's going to be one talented baby. You know, they're going <laughs> to sing and dance so well. And I say, well, you know what? If they can't sing or dance, they're going to learn to smile, there you tell go. a joke, and sit by the tip jar. <laughs> there we go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the, I guess the only question left is Frank or Dean. What do we name him? <laughs> <laughs> We've had those conversations. We were close to we were close to Frank, but uh, I think we're uh, we're waiting to see how many children we have because we have so many special names to us. Oh, absolutely! Uh, not saying that we're trying to start a family band here. Right? <laughs> <But>. <laughs> They're going to go to the Osmonds. Uh oh, right? look out! No, man, congratulations! though. that's fantastic. Always great to hear when you you know you got the got the family coming and everything. And uh, trust me when I tell you, it is going to change your world, bro. It's going to it's going to change oh, yeah. everything. I'm already I'm already sensing that. Oh, it's surreal, and I assume it'll be surreal the rest of my life. It doesn't matter how old they get. Nope, does not. Absolutely. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, even though we're NOLA based, we got some family up in North Carolina. Absolutely. So you know, we might come and see you. That'd be pretty epic. Yeah, I'm telling you that. Yeah, he, please do. He had me at James yeah, Taylor Carroll King. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let me know if you want to come. Uh, we're we're doing it at Rivertown Players uh, Theater here in New Bern, North Carolina, and. Uh, we were supposed to do the show in September, but this area got hit by Hurricane Florence yeah. at the yeah, time. Yeah, makes so sense. Yep. It was postponed, and now we're finally able to get it out of the gates, and so we're excited for that. And, and maybe one day we can come down and perform in, in uh, New Orleans area, and yes. Louisiana area there. Absolutely. Um, well, and we're headed out to agent. L.A., so you know we'll be able to see you in L.A. too. We're heading out to L.A. soon. So. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. Our booking agent for our Lewis and Clark duo act, Bill Stafford, he's been working so well for us, and we're we're booked up constantly all nice. the time. And so, if anybody's listening out there that wants to book us, they can contact Bill at <laughs> Bill at StaffordEntertainmentAndTalent.com. There, there you go. go. <laughs> he knows how to sell it, and we'll be sure to pass that along with to everybody, you know, and make sure that they they hook up. Because yeah, I just this has been a great interview. Yeah, man. seriously. Now I have Thank one you. last question for you. Now, since you're such an old soul, what do you feel? How do you feel about social media, honestly? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I actually I have a little side business where I do social media marketing for okay. people. So I'm aware of the necessity of it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what it's doing is it's creating different chambers and different levels of uh, different platforms that anybody can put their content out on. I think that's important nowadays because of that. You know, it's giving people who didn't have a voice a voice before. Yes. And people who, you know, like me, who wants to stick to their guns and do what they love to do mm -hmm. and have an outlet for it, it gives them that outfit outlet right away. Exactly, exactly. Well, you have so many creative people now because you have basically have like a 4K camera on your iPhone, so you can basically make a little short film on your iPhone and post it on YouTube. That's right, yeah. Oh, man, that's so epic. I love hearing that because it is really a tool, and we've really seen that through 
like finding people for our podcast to come on the show and followers and everything it's crazy how much people actually pay attention to that stuff yeah it is and it can spread like fire or it can you know fizzle out it just depends <laughs> yeah it's, we, it's we, one of those things you know having uh researched a lot into it it, it changes so much and yeah it could give you a headache if you try to stay on top of all the changes but boy we you know. know just keep doing you and keep putting yourself out there and and your audience will find you exactly exactly yeah we we like to compare it to a a, a double-edged sword yeah. yeah i mean it can be good and bad depending on how you look at it and i like what, right. i like what he said though just stick to being you and yeah, do what you do and exactly. your audience will find you exactly. i think that's that's absolutely the the best thing you could say i think that's great advice for anybody out there that's trying to do what they do have faith just keep doing what you're doing and the audience will definitely find you exactly well that's right i mean it was kind of like uh my wife and i lewis and clark we we had opened for uh, Livingston Taylor, which is James Taylor's brother, oh. uh, we opened a concert for him, and and before the show, we were like, hey, you know, Livingston, he teaches up in uh in the Northeast at a college, and so he he mentors people all the time. Mm-hmm. I said, Livingston, do you have any advice for us? You know, we're performing all over. We're, we don't necessarily uh, base ourselves out of one city, but we travel a lot. And what do you suggest? He says, basically, you know, bloom where you're planted. You know, no one can mistake an audience that's dying to get in to see somebody or a line that's wrapped around the building. You know, go where your audience is and, and, and you know, build yourself somewhere where that audience can go and find you. That's why we're based in North Carolina is because we have such a good following here. Yeah. Um, and then we travel all over as well, trying to expand that, but we start where we're planted. Mm-hmm. Def- man that that's yeah. excellent advice excellent. for anyone trying to get into the entertainment industry or anyone who's trying to become a self-starter honestly Absolutely. entrepreneur yeah but man oh, yeah. this has been an absolute phenomenal conversation you are just so epic so awesome anytime you want to come back on the show you are more than welcome well thank you very much um you guys have uh, got my contact information so uh just let me know when you have a spot open uh Constantly working on things, and I do a little script writing as as well. Okay, so, uh, that's awesome. Um, hopefully, we'll have some project to promote. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, we're also a production company, so you know, maybe <laughs> further down the line, we that's can right. work together, a man. Collaboration, you know. <laughs> Uh, the door is always open but anyway thank you so much for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us on inside the crazy ant farm awesome thank you very much for having me and best of luck to you guys not a problem not a problem you have a fantastic rest of the day now all right take it easy see ya bye-bye Man, just what a humble guy. Yeah. Very yeah. vintage, man. Very old soul. Very old soul. Just so relaxed and mellow. Yeah. Just like what you would expect from yeah. like a crooner, you know? He's just exactly. very, you know. I love talking about Frank and fucking Dean, man. Oh, man. That's epic. And <laughs> it's so refreshing to see. You know, it reminds me of JB. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we got a friend of ours, JB, Jonathan Brandon, who's like that young, but mm-hmm. just has such an appreciation exactly. and an affinity for the old school guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's, I love to see that. Yeah, it's seriously. just because I, you know, I'm not a young guy with a fat. I'm an older guy, but uh, you know, I like the old guys, you know. So. It happens, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> we all age, we all age. <laughs> but thank you again, Von Lewis, for coming on the show, man. You're absolutely fantastic.